Welcome to When Will It End. I'm Josh Landis, joined as ever by my co-host, Charles Hobby. Charles, say hi to the nice people. Hi, I'm a little concerned. Why are you concerned? Well, I just was commenting on your sunglasses, and then you turned to face me, and you look very similar to the main bad guy. Give me your clothes. <laughs> yeah. Give me your clothes. For what? For why? Why? Just give it to him. I mean, that's fine. I want I'm you naked. to have them. Yes, I'm only wearing sunglasses. It's true. He is only wearing sunglasses. When Charles came into the studio, I was curled up in a fetal position on the floor as mist rose around me completely naked. I was like, Josh, you okay? No I answer. Said, give me your clothes. Give me your, give me your clothes. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, I love your hair. I like how Bill gets like a, only a few seconds of time. And he's like, well, who the fuck do we got here, motherfucker? <laughs> you know what I love is that punks in the 80s were fighting over which one got to use the telescope. Yeah, that's pretty cute. <laughs> That's such an L.A. thing. Yeah. Like, well, let me look. What were they looking at? Griffith Park, I assume. I this know. is when will it end. Yeah, uh, we, we watch all series of movies. We watch movies from start to finish. Well, we watch series from start to finish. <laughs> we always do watch the movies from start to finish as well. Yeah, just, I don't want to boast, but most of the time we watch these movies. Except for that one time we sort of stopped watching Pirates of the Caribbean and Curse of the Black Pearl for no reason. We needed a break. Yeah, we just sort of walked up. five minutes left. We just sort of walked up and got out of the room, stretched our legs, ate yeah, a banana. Yeah, came back for the... Uh, yeah, after, after cred- credits. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Do people think we're really watching these all the like, the credits? I mean, come on. Jesus. But no, we, uh, we, we're we starting a new series, and please don't make a diehard joke. Yippee-ki-yay, mother hunter killer? That's actually the line from Die Hard. Yeah. That's pretty close. Yippee-ki-yay, mother, mother hunter killer. Mother hunter killer, yeah. Yeah. We get a few motherfuckers in this movie. We do. It's really yeah. pleasant. It's nice. Uh, but yeah, we don't need to make a Die Hard joke because we said last episode that we're the not... bit's done. We're not doing Die Hard. I mean... We'll never do Die Hard. It was all a lie, a ruse, a red hair. Even though I have some great stuff to say about Die Hard. And this actually does fall into my self-created Die Hard studies. Sure. Because this is a similar time period. Right. And I think these, this is a movie that is a depiction of masculine violence. Yep. And, uh, you know, we have the great Linda Hamilton in this movie as the great Sarah Connor. And, like, everywhere around her are, like, terrifying men, even the man helping her, who she later beds and takes his V-card, which is a detail I always forget when I watch this. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes. Kyle Reese has blown up a few tanks in his day, but there's one tank he hasn't boop, blown. Boop. The ball tank. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Wait, do you think he didn't J.O. either? Oh, yeah. I always assumed he never J.O. I mean, like, how could he... We, in the vision of the future we see in this movie, how could he conceivably be making time or right. space to J.O.? I just assumed he would just wait for those wet dreams. He gets home. A Terminator shows up. He's about <laughs> to crank it. He's like, no, no, again. It's like that time I showed up when you were just about to crank it. Yeah. It was really never have time. time. Yeah. You're sort of the emotional Terminator of my life. That's so nice. You just show up and like wreak havoc and devastate people. I'm here all day. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You're trying to just say like, something. Am I? I don't know. We're watching well, a series just, of films. It's yeah, about it's not Die Hard. No. And this would fit perfectly with the Die Hard. So it's it's nice that we're not doing it. It's nice that we're not doing it. But I do think we should return to the joke at the end of the series. Hey, stay tuned. Find out. What, what a motivating reason to stay listening to this podcast. We might return to a bit. That's good stuff. Yeah, makes me feel happy. And hey, if you're happy, I think everyone is happy. So here's what I'd like to do. Okay. I um this is a movie that came out before both of us were born. Yeah. I mean I am nineteen, so it's came out sometime before my birth. Are you gonna leave your sunglasses on the whole episode? Until uh I make a dramatic reveal about my red glowing eyes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um I wanna be in the mindset of a killer. 
All right. So okay. I, I'm going to just feel hurt and scared and I'll be in the mindset of the right. The hunted. There's so much sunglass wearing in this movie. I feel like he churns through sunglasses. What is that? Like a, des- a moment of desperation? Yeah. Wow. That's me trying to get into the mindset of a weak. Sure. Think I'm powerful, but uh, making bombs. Uh, you can't kill it. There's so many stripes of pathetic men in this movie. Yeah. There's like the self-assured experts. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I, I want to start. This came out before both of us were born. Right. I want to hear how you heard. Why, when was the first time you saw this movie? Because like we've seen movies that, especially Pirates, those were coming out when we were, I was just out of high school. You were still in high school. Like we, these were prime movies. I was in middle theaters. school when that started. Jesus. You're so young. I'm 19 years old. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, we've done a lot of movies that have been like Shrek, like Austin Powers. These are all movies that were part of our childhood. We would potentially see them in theaters. This one is not. So no. how did you see this? What happened? Well, as I recall, um, there was the Terminator hand toy that had like KB Toys, the local toy store. Like, you know, they had like the like the precursor to the whole can, which is like the you, like the the platonic vision of that idea of a toy. They had like the uh, like hand plastic attachment things where you could like make a Terminator hand come out of your arm. That's so sick. As a kid, I would see that, and I would see toys from Terminator. Because again, I, I, you know, I was born as we know in Three. the year two thousand. I'm 19. That was really quick math. Hey, thank you. Yeah. If you weren't wearing sunglasses, I think I could have seen your eyes go. Well, I have a Terminator-like array in my head that is yeah. uh, extraordinarily simple arithmetic. <laughs> Very quickly, though. Very quickly. Within seconds. Yeah, it's part of the magic. of. I am a, a cyborg country killer. They took microseconds to right. determine the fate of all humanity. <laughs> a few seconds. longer to, to fig- figure out when I was born. Yeah. Um, no, uh, so, you know, I came of age in the 90s uh, to show my hand here for a minute. And so, like, the, I, though I missed... T2 oh, T2 is 91, right? Correct. So that was still riding a huge high like through the rest of the 90s. That, that just cascaded over into my childhood. Oh, yeah. So working backwards from T2 toys, I think, that's how I, I learned about the Terminator. But again, oh, totally. Oh, wait. Yeah. Are you one of those awful people that saw T2 before you saw T1? I was a child. That Are was, you one of those awful people? I believe so, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck you. It was one of the biggest oh, movies of the decade. Fuck. How could I possibly... Here, we're going to get into this a lot. Like, franchise... Oh, Shut fuck. Your fucking... God damn it. God damn it. Stop it. Okay. Okay, so basically, you know... Okay, that actually worked yeah, to prep for that character. Yeah. You're kind of like a dog, where, like, you, you really have to... Oh, but not like, a, not like a Terminator dog that helps... This is one of our favorite things, was anytime Linda, Linda Hamilton tried desperately to change the subject to something nice. Right. She's like, well, we've talked about your awful life. Well, you, you Can we talk s- about something else? And he's set like, this up. what? Okay, listen to how you just told the story. You didn't say who you were talking about the entire time. I'm so sorry. There's You're only two characters. There's only two characters in the movie. Three. Yeah, but one of them doesn't say anything in his Terminator. He says some stuff like, fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. Which he then brings back in Commando as well as I'll Be Back, I'll which be is back. amazing. We talked about this. The Commando came out like five minutes after Terminator, and he's already like, hey, remember Terminator? Check I'll this shit back. out. He says both, right? Fuck you, asshole. I'll yeah. Be back. Anyway, we don't have to, we can talk about that later. Just, no, you're saying that like, Kyle Reese, the sad sack guy from the future <laughs> who like is another man to scream at and terrify Linda Hamilton in this movie. Jesus. She's so traumatized by men over the course of the film that it's cool that like the Terminator is like the ultimate, like, the ultimate man who has absolutely no empathy. He's not even pretending to have empathy. Right. He's just nothing but a killing machine. I can't wait to get into it. I think this will be in the s- middle third where we actually talk about what, but yeah. Yeah, get excited. Hey, start I'm charting it. I'm fucking excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, so, so yeah, Kyle Reese, the, who's like the, the worst date of all time, is all I can talk <laughs> about. It's like, 
In the future, the hunter killers kill my whole family. We battle them by day, and by night we live in fear. We drink piss. <laughs> we, we, just, we just chug piss. We just chug piss yeah. and pick our scabs. Right. And like, you know, she's like, well, what do you guys do for fun? He's like, oh, the Terminators kill us for fun. Yeah. Like, on a good day, <laughs> they kill us. <laughs> and then the line from the movie is, well, let's talk about something else. He's like, oh, we should like say something. He's like, say what? Like, yeah, he has what, nothing. What, what, about? what else can we talk about? Are we talking about Terminators again? She's and like, then no, she's like, not. I had a dream about dogs. Oh, yeah, we used this to, to figure out when a Terminator's infiltrated our home. Right. And I think that's just like a little setup for like a wonderful flashback to like the absolute waking hell. This movie's great for so many reasons, but I, I, there's so many moments from it that are just so indelible. And I, I think, you know, this is one of the rare franchises where, as you were alluding to earlier, like T2 is inseparable from Terminator. Because I think for that many people, this was like that yeah. movie and its unprecedented success, like does make this a rare first franchise feature that absolutely lives in the shadow of its sequel in a way oh, that yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about in a series before. Do you mind if I bring up Star Wars briefly? Yeah, I'll allow it. A tiny bit. I, I, I'm one of those, I am the Senate. I'm a fucking asshole that I saw Return of the Jedi before I saw any other Star Wars movie. I think only you are this tortured about any of this. Like, I'm fine with the life I lead. You know what I mean? I'm, I mean, oh, I'm, did you see I'm the Rescuers the Down character. Under or the Rescuers first, you know? Rescuers Down... Fuck, Rescuers yeah, Down Under. You're fine. You're already tainted. Why, s- why makes me so dramatic about it now? And I saw Operation Condor first, even though that, that technically is the second one. And I saw U.S. Marshals first, which is you know technically the sequel to The Fugitive. Before The Fugitive? No, that's not true. That's crazy. I would have walked out of the Yeah, fucking that's fucking home. disgusting. I would have walked right hey, out of Hey, we accept here. all people on this podcast, but if you've seen U.S. Marshals and not The Fugitive or before or The even Fugitive, before. you're a fucking piece of yeah. shit. God damn it. Think about your choices. Um, so you saw it on DVD... I'm a thousand percent certain I saw this on VHS at some point in the VHS. 90s. Yeah. In no, the so, 90s. Not, not, maybe not even the nineties, because we're going to get into this. But like, you know, this is a really upsetting movie. It, it, like people talk about action films that fetishize violence, and I think you know when we eventually get to our diehard take, which is a spicy one. You know, it's, it's kind of a movie where like violence is the ultimate equivocator and like the ultimate thing that makes everything else okay. Like John McClane is only helpful as like a male partner to someone because he like churns through a mountain of corpses. <laughs> This movie's like every moment of violence wow. is upsetting. It's never cool. It's never fun. Like, you know, I think about how yeah. culturally when he shoots up the nightclub, like that's really upsetting. And especially yeah. in 2019, when you think about the world we live in today, like, you know, he's setting this movie in the early 80s. But this idea of like pervasive, endless warfare, like happening, like in civilian or in places that are not, you know, it's really that stuff really aged well. And like how how violence is it's it's in this movie really made to be terrifying and it is yeah it the whole movie's aged well everything I mean yeah special effects are just you can tell it's not a person but they look fucking amazing it's like Alien and the Thing and this yeah. I think in my mind it's, it's like come on like yeah, 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 yeah. sure some of the anime they, they, it's not I was just saying that maybe the only thing that hasn't aged well are what they were dealing with technically but even those like. You can tell it's stop motion sometimes. You can tell it's this or that. You can tell it's a weird <laughs> fake head. But I think about like the original King Kong where it's like yeah. all of the shortcomings for that movie add to this atmosphere that really works. Like yeah. they couldn't show the backdrop of the jungle so there's mist everywhere. And like this movie similarly, it's very clear when they're doing composite shots. It's very clear when there's some very weird like green screening going on. But like it just adds like, you know, he is so inhuman. By the time he becomes this like herky jerky stop motion fucking like terrifying chrome skeleton. It really just like at that point, I think the atmosphere comes together so beautifully. Yeah, it's nice. It's um. It's definitely a tour de force, a pretty small budget, but I guess big for what this was. 
They swung hard at this. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like this could have been like the millions of shitty robot movies that are out there. And we in our previous podcast covered Screamers, a movie I thought about a lot watching. This, yeah, uh, Screamers, which, you know, like uh, AI drones and waging endless warfare against humans. The same, yeah. same theme. And what's it called? The one I mentioned. We also did it for the previous. Oh yeah, uh, the one uh, hardware. Oh yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. It's a great deal in McDermott. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. It's it's an influencer. This this is a it was a standard influencer. Was that's a term we use nowadays, right? Well, I mean, I think that refers to cool, good looking, thin people on social media. But like, yes, well, so I'm saying if this were an Instagram account from 2017, right? Everyone would be all about it. Why are you so two years ago? I just think influencing upgrade was, your shit. Influencing was two years. But ago. But now it's a job. It's still yeah. happening. Yeah, I know. It's just not the same. Right. I used to be an influencer. Really? What'd you influence? Coolidge Corner Theater. Wow, your place of employment. <laughs> well, I didn't influence them. We, I was influenced. They were influencing under is my. Is this name. like when teachers say, "I like to think they influence me more than I influence them"? Yes, or like those bumper stickers. Who's safe to? Wow, in about a, in, the dog. Yeah, and it's like, well, literally, you did because dogs are stupid and could never save someone. Right, but, like the, the stray Saint Bernard who drags someone out of rubble. But then, but but well, I mean, first of all, Saint Bernard has whiskey, so that's cool. That saves I've me. Brandy. That saves me every day. <laughs> if you uh, if you catch my meaning, he reeks of cheap booze. Yeah, um, but hey, also, what, what do we what do we, what do we actually reek of right now? What, how do we prepare for this session? A little nibble, we had a little nibble. What do we get? Got a little impossible whopper. Okay, quick little snack side corner. Charles, you are as some know in the podcast, and you you occasionally make a very try not to oblique reference to this, but you yourself are a vegan. You don't uh, partake in animal uh, products because you uh, are. In so many ways, better, better, yeah. better, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so you 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 had a real treat. You got we got to go to a fast food place. Got to have almost beef. What do you think about it? Well, I mean, we already talked about this on the podcast. We have not eaten it yet, though. I mean, I ate it. Remember last a couple of episodes ago? I, I blocked so much of this out of okay. my mind. I gave it five forks. Okay, I'm gonna follow you up and say this was a five fork experience. Um, I got it with cheese and mayo, though. It's a little different, but like, right? The, there's the, the point is that like it's so much like. A Terminator in human garb. The line betwixt artificial and organic almost blurred to the point of non-existence. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Makes you think. I forgot how much like the thing this movie is. I think it's yeah. funny because like they try to make it like that a little bit, but clearly there's it's Cameron. He's so excited to get to the really crazy shit that like it's not nowhere near as like I think the beauty of like you know under the skin a movie that really scared me and fucked me up is that like you, mm-hmm. you really don't get what's going on with Scarlett Johansson until the last like five minutes then it's like really fucking insane yeah and I, I kind of I, I this movie seems caught between those impulses where like for a little bit they're like who who knows is he man be he machine nah. then it's like you know pretty we want to show you the cool shit so, so. we need a lot of exposition from old Reese to get us ready yeah but it pays off man this ending fucking rolls can I tell you how I, I first came to see this movie Charles I would be delighted to learn this as I'm sure our listeners would as well so please Charles take it away well um, I would like to go on the record as having seen Terminator before I saw Terminator 2 Judgment Day can I, is everyone at home I know you're probably applauding shrieking <laughs> erecting a shrine to Charles for this accomplishment uh, I'll let that die down for a minute Okay, Charles, continue. I mean, you can keep going. At home, feel free if you want to pause it. Yeah, why don't you? If, if you want you, to fucking run around your house <laughs> shrieking. If, if you still feel that need, pause. I'm going to keep going, but yes, please feel free to pause. Don't miss anything. No. Oh, for, oh, how could you? 
I don't. I hate these people. Who I hate miss mu- lots of types. Okay, <laughs> lots of types. This cannot be good. Uh, people that listen to podcasts at anything but one times speed. Yeah, honestly, what you're you're too you got too much stuff to do. You Unless to you're doing yeah. half speed, right? Fuck you. One and a half, two. People listening to podcasts at three. That's if, crazy. If that I what I just said in that weird explosion of syllables at three times, you would have heard nothing. We got to do Alvin and Chipmunks. That'd be fun. I can't do that right now because yeah, so, so you saw this in the proper sequential order, and um, what was that experience like? Well, it. I. I mean, I got to say. Also, speaking of Die Hard, my dad is a strange, very strange person. Any listener of the podcast knows that my dad's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he uh, chooses to watch. He, he really likes violent movies, and he thought that was like a good thing to show a young boy so that I would learn how to be a man. But he also like misses the subtext of all these movies that come out like Die Hard is a very anti-masculine movie. And I think this is too. It's like very obviously a movie about bad men and how they're all violent. But my dad just like, oh, there's men fighting things. That's good for my boy. He got to learn to fight something soon. So I'll show him the Terminator. Right. So he recorded it off of AMC or something. So some, with, with with commercial breaks? No, AMC VHS. when I was a kid didn't no have commercials? no commercials wow. on AMC. How about that? Yeah. But my dad, wow. I thought of this and you're watching it because you took a pee break. I did. And you took it right Can I be after. honest? Yeah. It was not <laughs> strictly Can we tell a pee you? break. Let's tell the listeners. Take a little poop. I poop corner. had to, to poop and I did. And it was satisfactory. How, how big large, was it? It was, a, it was a substantive outputting. How many flushes? Oh, a single flush, though. Wow, you you live in a great home. Yeah, I, I think I'm a pretty lucky person. They can get all the poop go away with just one. <laughs> all the poop go away. It goes poop go away so quick, and it's really good. And you know, I know that I'm living. I'm showing my privilege right last, now. I last last apartment I lived at, if you took any sort of shit, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Charles had to suck it down the pipe himself. There are families with poop knives. Have you heard about this? This is ruining my day. Congrats. You ruined my day. Or you cut up the big one so it goes This is down. horrible. I don't want to talk about this. Josh. I would... Just no, be thankful no, that no, you live no, in a home no. where you don't have to have a poop night. No, hold on. What consistency... What are they eating to produce turds that regularly that require... Like, just like white flour and gum? Gum? Just gum. Gum like, takes seven years, Josh. Haven't you learned anything? Or I guess... You think it's like years? whiskey. Yeah. It's, just, it's like whiskey. Oh, it's just, yeah, go ahead. Gum is just like whiskey. Go if ahead. If you start eating... In the same way that you need to start distilling whiskey or aging it... Right in say 2007 to produce a uh, batch in 2014 but if you keep doing it you'll be able to produce batches over and over and over again so the, once you have it people can so keep having it so they prep their colons just to right. create these really dense impenetrable turds so they, they started eating gum we can say 2007 again okay because I got that math thing still in my face and also I did a little I research it. and it looks like there was gum uh, in 2007 alright great and it, people at home fact check me if I'm wrong you mm. know Get in touch. Send him a knife in the mail. Please. I'll cut up a poop. Help me flush it. I do eat a lot of gum. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, they probably just start eating gum and then have seven years of normal shits. But then once the the gum starts coming out. Oh, that's exciting. They just. Hey, they, they, yeah, speaking of this, there. do you think Terminator poops? Because, like, they talk about how, yeah. how much effort they put into making him, like, lifelike. No. Do he has got blood? Well, I think that's the thing is I think I've, I was reading, I was reading something about how like he's not actually a cyborg, which I totally disagree with. He's not like a 
metal skeleton covered in skin, they created a machine that used blood and skin. They are all one. It can exist without it, but in order to keep the skin alive, mm-hmm. they're like a symbiotic relationship of the skin and the robot. What we do see famously is you know the flies landing on his face as his skin carapace begins to yeah, rot off. Yeah, because he's not skeleton. taking care of yeah. himself. And honestly, I, when I watch this movie, I see a man in crisis. Yeah. He's not going to the like, gym. You gotta take care of yourself. Come on, man. Eat some healthy meals. No, all you do is kill cops all day and random vagrants. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one thing that hasn't aged well either because now when we see a bunch of police get shot, we're all like, fuck yeah. Well, well, well there's this great moment in the movie where, you know, just before the iconic prison sequence where old Termi rips through like 30 cops in like five minutes at sick. Um, you know, Reese is like, they're, they're surrounded by him. He's, he's, you know, he's driven a shrieking Linda Hamilton away. He's like, what the fuck is happening? And they're surrounded by cops. He's going to get out to protect them with his gun. And she goes, no, they'll kill you. It's like, and they're like, this movie's just all about like the, how like violence is the ultimate negator of any like, you know, authority or rationale, like truth. in a world of, of might making right, which is very much the LA where we is depicted in this film. I mean, there are multiple shots of to protect and serve. And it's got like him in the seat. So it's like, oh, that's sort of funny. But like just the thing in general of like that slogan on the LAPD in the 80s. Right. Like this but also really NAPD hollow, misleading, anytime. empty idea. And that's what we find in the police. They're like, you know, he says, we got 30 cops here. Quit being such yeah. a hysterical woman. We'll be fine. Even yep. the nice cop, the fun, cool cop. We like so much. He's not even that nice. He's such a piece of shit. No, no, but it's awesome because we like, have Lance Hendrickson who's like, oh, these things work, guy. you know, I want to talk. I want to talk. And he's like, shut the fuck up. I'm at yeah, work. That, that scene was amazing. It was so good. All of the little, like, I think that what Cameron does really well in this is that, like, he gives us a lot of, like, texture, which is really great. Like, we see what Sarah Connor's life is like before she's enmeshed into, like, the deepest level of hell. We see the cops have this rapport. And in the midst of all of this, the truly alien presence of these futuristic people, like, it's, it's really jarring. And I think he, he, like, I mean, you know, I feel like he's a breath away from doing a full Spielberg people talking over each other kind of classic Spielberg thing. Like you can tell that's almost the vibe he wants in some of those scenes. Sort of. I don't think Cameron would ever want that in a way. Well, no, I can see what you're saying. Arch, the the energy saying, is there, yeah. but I think he is such a control freak that he would never, ever want more than one character talking at once because that would be interesting. Well, we're talking about how this franchise is going to develop itself. And I think, you know, we're now talking about a guy who's involved in two of the most infamous sequels of all time. Movie, Titanic? A- a- Aliens and T2. Oh, not Titanic? I'm talking sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a sequel. What? Titanic. You thought that was Titanic 2? <sighs> Sorry, go ahead. T- Terminator 2 and what? Aliens? And Aliens, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah he's yeah. a guy like, you know, he goes big. In the sequels, and, that, and that's like a point of discussion we'll be getting into. We will be because, like, this idea of well, like, not with aliens, but we we have covered that in a previous podcast. Check it out, the real deal, Josh and Charles. Yeah, we did Alien Palooza. This we was watched. actually <laughs> that is the proto. When it will was it, end. We it watched. was proto. When will it end? Yeah, but no, again, so like he goes, he swings really hard in these movies, and this one is so early in his career and so restrained that like we're about to see this crazy ballooning effect in the second one, but like we're on the precipice of that, and I think that's really fascinating. Because what's next for for Cameron? Is it uh, aliens or is it the? Uh, I think it, it must be aliens, right? Wait, he didn't do the abyss. Did yeah, he did. He did the abyss, but that was definitely not before aliens. I, I'm not sure. I don't know his chronology. Yeah, chronology. That's, that's filmography, that's, chronology, general. You get the idea. Yeah. But okay, so you know, basically. Uh, well, wait, I haven't finished telling my story. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Why don't you go look up I'm the order? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell my story. So my dad um, would do this thing, and I, I was reminded of it because I was like. 
I went through my whole childhood watching nothing but violent action movies paired with like quiet Japanese movies from the 50s and then the French New Wave and stuff. But like my dad would always find like what he would do is he would say, all right, kids, um, this is a good stopping point. Why don't you go brush your teeth? And then he would fast forward through the uh, the sex scene. So I never saw the sex scene in Terminator until much later in my life. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Where did this come from? Yeah. And then I watched other things and I was like, oh my God, my dad was fucking censoring out the beautiful. Hold on. They could cut that sexy in this movie. Oh know? yeah. It's really, it's big. very unnecessary. Honestly, it come, I mean, I haven't seen Piranha 2, but it seems like sort of the sleazy leftovers of like a career in bad horror. Well, I mean, that was how he got to start was working on Corman productions. That's what I mean. Yeah. So it's like, it seems like that was just sort of thrown in there. Well, to... Okay. So interestingly enough, you just pointed out something that I just realized is kind of cool. It is filmography and our, the entire premise of the podcast. So Piranha 2 is first like proper full like release movie after Exogenesis, which I know nothing about actually. Never even heard but of Piranha it. But Piranha 2. Okay. Then the Terminator in 80, that's in 82. Then the Terminator 84. Then he writes Rambo First Blood Part 2, a sequel in 85. And in 86, he makes Aliens, a sequel, and then The Abyss in 89, and then Terminator 2, Judgment Day. So he really, he's already a guy from the get-go who's steeped in like developing worlds out. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I was talking to you while we were watching, is like, uh, this movie is so contained, and its focus is very small, but it does do what other franchise like, setup movies have done, is like, it's really established a world very well absolutely and like it makes a story like i can see why we want a sequel like this isn't just like a one and done it could be but it's like wow this is a really cool place like there's so many once you especially once you include time travel it's like they could do anything yeah anything well but also he does this very clever thing which i love and like he contrasts the dystopia of contemporary la with a slightly more dystopian like he sets up this like really amazing parallel where it's like the modern day is violent and threatening and dirty and untamed and the future is like even worse so this is the crucible that i'm setting up with this dynamic like we're not starting in like this you know unblemished paradise that is going to become like it's i think things are getting worse like we're in the process of intensification Mm -hmm. so of course it deserves a sequel and i think watching it again it's like you know everyone all the the men who futilely attempt to save her until she saves herself you know, by the end of the movie, you really understand why she's like, I'm a fucking badass. I got a Jeep Wrangler that says Renegade on it. I have my own dog. I've got my gun. And I'm headed out to Mexico to survive on my own. And like, yeah, that's fucking thrilling. I love that. Her just driving off into the matte painting with the clouds moving. You know, yeah. like, I love it. I, I, I yeah. really do. So when you get why, like, it feels like we've set up this world. You know, this, this crucible is getting tighter and tighter. And Sarah fucking Connor is now the badass that we know she's going to be. The second restarts blabbing on, but I fell in love with her photograph that his son showed him of his wife. Yeah, so it could actually be really interesting to have seen this out of order because her character really doesn't become Sarah Connor until the end of the movie. Yeah. And like I think that's sort of what this movie's about. It's like we see from the very beginning she she loses a date, her job sucks. Like just her life is not very interesting. It doesn't seem very important. And like it's not that this honestly gives her life much importance but it makes her choose to do something as awful as it is it's basically like i mean we can talk about the men in this movie right now because it's basically like this movie has to make she has to make a lot of changes 
to her life and actually become an active person because every man around her is violent and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the the desperation of Reese is really fascinating where like he's not that heroic. Like he's not charismatic. He's not charming. He's really traumatized. He's really broken. He shows up acting like a fucking lunatic and terrifying her even as her like chosen protector. And I yeah, don't know. Did, he, did they not like coach him a little bit? Be like, all right. She's not. She's. She's not from this time. Just maybe come in a little easy. Be like, hey, this is. You know, we're in a little danger. Let's go. Well, let's leave. All right. Stay with me if you want to live. It just fucking eats, sleeps, and makes baby sharks. Right. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Um. Right. And then, and then also, like, okay, so you know, she knows two people are following her. We know that he's yeah. one of the two. He's very threatening. Yeah. And she goes to make a call to the police. It's not about Schwarzenegger. It's about no. Kyle Reese. And then we notice in the scene, there's a man just ogling her while she makes yeah. even that call. It's crazy. So like, the persistent presence of male threatening danger is like even before we get to the Terminator is very real and apparent. And Reese is no better than any of that. He's no. very much a part of that. Yeah, I never noticed that dude in the background when she's calling. The cops. Was it the cops? Yeah. No, that was it. Was oh, it's calling her mom, leaving the message at her mom's no, house. No, it was before all that. Who is she calling? Was it her? It friend? was. Yep, yeah, she was calling her friend from right. the bar, and there's this dude standing by her, and being like, "Hey, baby." It's like you can see his eyes go up and down, up and down. Gives her like a little kiss mouth. It's like that. That was an intent. That was like purposefully dropped into the movie. Yeah, and then also like her friend's boyfriend terrifies her deliberately outside of her own home. Yep. And, le- and this is like talks about sex at her for no reason. Right. And like it's a, it's like really impressively nuanced and it's done. Like it, we talked about like this is famously not a dialogue heavy movie other than some long scenes of exposition between her and Reese. But like a lot of the threat is just told visually really powerfully. And like yeah. we get like that. She's living this life of constant danger even before Terminator shows up. You know, what I realized watching this this time. What's that? Reese kills himself. With the pipe bomb? Yeah. Yeah. Terminator doesn't even get him. Right. He kills himself. Right. It's just like he he probably could have dealt with that Terminator differently. Mm-hmm. But he decided to blow it up with him standing right next to it was the best idea. So what did you think about that? the escalating finale? Because I think one of the most delightful parts of this movie is that like, you know, you keep thinking he's dead and maybe that Terminator's just getting going. It fucking works. It fucking works. It it's always, so like, you know it's coming. And every time it's just like... The, wow, this is the end. The truck blows up. He's on fire. Reese is like, we did it. We beat him. Nope. He back. Okay, fine. Lerman here. I'll try to get him with a pipe bomb. Okay, we finally got him. Nope. Half of his carcass is going to drag itself into a fucking crusher. It's sick. Yeah. And even before, I mean, there's stuff before. Like, he seems to be, like, all he wants to, like, it's true. All he wants to do is kill her. That is it. And it's just like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a very nice uh, visual metaphor for, the inner thoughts of men. Yeah, exactly. Just like single-minded, driven to hunt women, upsetting, uncaring, unempathetic. It's yeah. amazing. And like, yeah, the, 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 the competition, like, the, you know, she doesn't kill him with a gun or an explosive. She lures him and outsmarts him with a trap. So in the, in the movie, there's all these men like, like blasting yeah. off round after round of like gunfire and ammunition. She like doesn't rely on that. No. At the end of the day to survive on her own. And like though she at the end of course is clutching you know a gun over her pregnant belly as she drives off into the Mexican desert. You see why she got there. Yeah, you know, it's fucking great. Yeah, like, that's like, what I mean. Like she's now got to be a sequel. To, like the second, I'm sure the second. I mean, there's a long break. You know, there's what seven years between this and Terminator Two. Hold on. Yeah, I put my 84. sunglasses on. 
You do those, those math classes? Hold on. My math classes are on. Seven years. Yeah, seven years. You did it faster than me. Yeah, I did it twice too. Double checked it? I double in my head. Yeah, I did it one Mr. time. Hop. I, like, I got to run it back over. Always told me to double check. Yeah, and, and clearly a lesson that stayed with you well. I had a math teacher named Bope no. once. Name, named Boat? B- Bope? Bope. B- B-O-P-E. Bope. I've never heard that. It was a first name or last name? La- it was Gerald Bope. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Bope. Jerry Bope. That's a great Jerry name. Bope. I want to dress up like Jerry Bope for Halloween, so can you please uh, just... He had like Paint frizzy a classic math guy hair, like 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 balding, but like the remaining hair uh-huh. was very classic math and guy coiled, hair. and and he had you know like steel framed like aviator style glasses, very like you know old school glasses. Were they curved around to all the way down? No, not full ear catchy okay, thingies. Right? I don't know what they're called. They're called ear catchy, ear catchy thingies. thingies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, uh, classic math teacher. A lot of like plaid shirts tucked into slacks, that kind of guy. Wearing any sweaters? Talking sweaters? It wasn't really a sweater guy. Maybe a sweater guy. It's been a long time. It was middle school. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Hop used to snap at us. Right. Yeah, he's that guy. No, no, he would like, what's two plus two? No, it's too many. What are you doing? Why he are you just, snapping? You just snap at us until, uh, but it was a more complicated question than two plus okay. two. And we were all just like, hmm, I wonder what that is. And then he'd be like, this is taking too long, and you just snap at us. Oh, until I see. we gave him an answer. It's wow. like, fuck you, Hop. What, what We're working the best we can. Terminator-like approach. He to turned life. out to be a yeah. robot, yeah. But, okay, so, you know, obviously, again, it's weird talking about this movie more than any other movie so far because, it, again, T2 is this massive cultural moment where Cameron has that connection of, like, okay, I have this in, like, absolutely iconic character. Let's make him spout out fucking dumb shit and catchphrases yeah. now. We're, we're going to be talking about T2 next week, and I hate it. Okay, we're going into it feeling like this is this is a movie that we're both well versed in. I've seen it truly countless times. I think. Yeah, I can't so, remember. I've seen it so many times. Right. So it's weird. Like I, I don't know if, if it's if this is almost. I feel like a, a rupture. We've talked a lot about how our podcasting lords, and we've like I said, we've in the we past, talk about that all the time, constantly. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a part of our mythos that everyone is almost too familiar with. We you know we invoked the council, of the podcast lords, to tie the spirit of podcasting into a human representative in this case oj simpson and again we're not proud of that it was a mistake but you know but it'll do it'll do for now yeah yeah the day he dies though god help us all wait he's not dead no a stunningly yeah he's still is he in jail nope he's out again okay yeah he did try to you know rob the i think you know successfully robbed the sports memorabilia sale in vegas that's why he was in jail last yeah he seems like a very it was a, a good pick on our part I think so, yeah. yeah really no. down-to-earth L.A. guy who didn't let fame get to his head, didn't get all rattled, you know. You know, but no one would ever suspect that he is actually the, uh, what is it, the force of now, podcast? Wasn't he supposed to be in this movie? Isn't my understanding? Yes. Like, famously, O.J. Simpson was supposed to be the Terminator, and then the classic things, they're like, well, no one would think O.J. Simpson's a fucking cold-dyed dead killer who just, like, yeah. brutalized women. And it's like, oh, well, uh, lots of evidence suggests that that very much uh, likely was the case. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyways, yeah. So, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm worried that we're, we're almost breaking uh, podcast uh, lore law here. By? Yeah, by, by we're, we're really leaning on our experience with the second movie to look at the first. Oh, that's true. Thank you. Yeah, we really... I mean, it's so hard, as you said. Because the whole... Everything you see watching this movie now, whether or not you want to see it, is what Terminator is not doing. Yeah. And I well, luckily for me, I hate this movie so much. I've only seen it, I think, three times. Okay, but again, it's so ubiquitous. It it's wasn't, right. but it wasn't one of those things that like I grew up as a 12-year-old boy 
had it on VHS and watched it every week and just was like obsessed with relating to a little boy who wanted to find a friend in a big man. <laughs> and what a beautiful story that, that was. That was the slogan of the movie, right? A little boy wants to make a friend with a big man. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's really, He's I guess a robot. What I'm saying is like we never really get a, like we never see this Terminator again. This is it. This is it. Yeah, right. and that's we, like we, honestly why camera. I don't. I don't like camera. We're talking about the way he sequelizes things. He sequelizes to erase whatever happened before. Like Aliens, I, Alien is such a strong movie that it does stand alone. But like, if it were a tiny movie like Terminator, I'm like, oh yeah, Aliens has more than one alien. Has a cast that talks at. It's like there's, a, there's a love story. Yeah, there's a love yeah. story. There's a kid. It's like he does all these things to just like totally subvert whatever was happening in the first one. Right. We're like the first, this movie is strangely powerful, very small, very like it never stops. Right. It fucking never. And the moments that it does stop, it's like of such a feeling of relief when you're like, you act, we see the sun sunset. Like once the sun goes down the technoir day, right. there's only one other scene where the sun comes back out again. And it's like, so nice. Right. And then the end, at the end of the movie when she's like in a big open space with a big open sky for the first time, not in this like closed off nightmarish permanent like nighttime LA. It's like such a big change. Yeah. And, and the movie we're about to see is like the technicolor explosion of all of this. Yeah. So I, I guess like, you know, we're, we're at the point in the podcast where we talk about, are we asking when will it end? You know, this is a weirdly rigged against being able to answer that. It's impossible to, to separate this from T2. That, yeah. that dynamic, I think, is maybe a big part of why I wanted to do this entire podcast to begin with. Yeah. This could have been one. One reason. This. What? This movie. Could be the... Yeah, sure. Exactly. So it, it's... What the fuck you... What do you do? You just show up here and say the dumbest shit, and it's like, I, I don't... I don't Dude, know where you come I'm, up with I'm that. On a, <laughs> I'm, I'm still got a headache. Oh, yeah. I can't breathe out of my nose. I was out very late from a rock and roll concert last night. You still night. see rock and roll concerts? I still, I, despite my old age. And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. We had All some right. Massachusetts legal uh, medical cannabis mints. And the person at the Glad door in Connecticut said, my friend very adorably, very earnestly said, these are marijuana mints. And I think the door person was like, well, one, don't tell me this. And two, like, you can't bring them in now. You just said they're weed. So we had like the, the option of throwing them away or eating all of them very quickly and going back in. And we opted for that. So I, That was I, nice of them to let you do that. Oh, she was. I mean, I would describe her investment in, uh, you know, stopping a, a uh, medical cannabis marijuana mint thing. That was very low. She was not high in those priorities. Right. And if you hadn't said anything. It was, she wouldn't have given half of a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. But uh, my friend's earnesty pushed us to a level of uh, depravity that was maybe unanticipated earlier in the night, which was mm. very funny. Okay, so you're also a little... What I'm trying to say is, yes, it's been a morning. Yeah, but at least we got that impossible whopper down in the stomach. Yeah, and again, much like Terminator, technology, organic life, where does it begin, where does it end? That's uh, that's It's the name of the show. It's delicious. Wait, no, where, when will it end? Not where will it end. It's, where will it end is our next thing where we, we walk down the road for a while just to find out where it ends. That's our podcast? That's the podcast. Weird. We just And it's unedited. We just walk and walk and walk. That's really good. Until we get to the end of the road. Like, hey, look, uh, T-intersection. All right, see you next week. That'll be really good. Do you want to start that? Oh, 7-Eleven. That'll How be our Patreon. That? Wait, will we, we be talking while we're walking? Sometimes. I don't know. Or just walking. We get to the end of the road. I think uh, this is a, a real, you know, serial level groundbreaking avant-garde exploration of the format. So I think uh, this is good stuff. It's, I mean, this is good stuff. It's That's... a podcast 
where nothing happens. How many shitty Seinfeld podcasts do you think are out there? I bet there's like a zillion. What do you think they're called? It's a podcast about nothing. That's like eight of them. Okay, so one of them's called the podcast about nothing. Right. Uh, One of them's called the one about because isn't that how they named all their what? No, everything just began with the. So maybe it's called just the podcast, and that's the sign. Sure? I think you're confusing that with Friends, where the, the the naming convention for every episode is the one where blank. Happens. Right, and yeah. that I was, but I've never seen Friends, but I think I was told that. But Seinfeld is just the everything's called like the haircut. Yeah, probably. The, I think so. Right. So it's probably just called the podcast. I find this like resurgence of Seinfeld and Sopranos worship to be super irritating. I don't know why. Yeah, just let it die. I mean, like I don't know. It's like these things are allowed to take a deep breath. Everybody, Does Seinfeld, I. Amy was saying something about how Seinfeld was like complaining about how all the imitators of Seinfeld didn't do it well. Or was he talking about coffee and cars? You're talking about a quote your girlfriend told you that I don't know that you just brought up. How could I fucking possibly? Well, maybe you saw it because you're just constantly like on the internet watching dumb shit. Hold on. I watch sports content about highlights. That's the best way to watch sports. No. I watch well, no, when you're shows. Not, you're not there. Ooh, which ones do you watch? I did get into Binging with Babish. It's a lot of fun to watch. Binging with Babish? It's like a meteor, like a, like a hugely successful YouTube channel where the guy like makes food from TV and movies. No, that sounds nice. It's fun. He doesn't make anything from Terminator. <sighs> Fuck. I know. We should make something. What Remember we the guy we see in 2029? 20, <laughs> He's eating like a, just like some real creamy gruel. Yeah. Before getting shot the fuck up by a Terminator, I don't know. Uh, I guess they really scrape like I mean, fungus off of the down, uh, the, the bottom of scrap metal. We saw how happy that boy was when he caught that rat. Yeah, they're about to go eat that rat. So they definitely eat rat. Yeah, hey, but binging with Babish, there you go. Rat, rat, rat. <laughs> from Terminator. Raw rat, just straight up like a live like charred rat. rat. Oh, charred on yeah. a stick. I think like burnt rat, rat on a stick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the TV fire was. Mwah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. The shot of just the two kids looking into like a TV. We cut around. There's just flame in the TV. Fuck. But okay, so what I was saying earlier was like, well, the question is, when will it end? And like, we know this is not ending for some time. We sort of know what's coming next. I obviously, having seen this in a vacuum, would love to see a sequel to it. I know that the sequel is both beloved by many and frustrating to some. I have like, it's, it's a mixed feelings moment where I feel like we're about to see this mold get shattered to great success, you know, commercially and I suppose critically, but like as someone who loves this movie in and of itself, I feel like I'm already flinching for what's going to come. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to go on as positively as I can. I told you I was excited. What I do, I made some hand gestures. It's like I'm going I'm I'm excited to give it a chance. He looks like an Italian chef talking about a pasta <laughs> sauce. Yeah. I'm excited to give it a chance. Yeah, toss of the rigatoni. Mm, I'm excited to give it a little pepperoni. He's gonna get a little pepperoni. No, I, I am excited about this. Like, you know, maybe maybe it's gonna feel less like corny than I feel like I associated with my memories. I also feel like there's like a, a, like that whole like teach who's the greatest movie ever. Like, they're, they think that's like a millennial attitude that I I hate. Like, yeah. I know it's like in the hall of VHS classics. I get that. Yeah, but like it's frustrating. Like again, I, I love how dark this movie is. I love how like its depiction of violence isn't cute, and like. Even though in T2 they neuter him down to not actually killing anybody, he's still like it's the violence he's, is cooler. Like yeah. it definitely, it's totally a different zone. It's the opposite. Like that's why I don't think Cameron actually had much to do with the first one. This feels so unlike anything else Cameron's done. This feels so much more like a Carpenter film. Like, like the thing about yeah. like Assault of Precinct 13 is that like it's really about how upsetting violence is in an urban setting. It's like really like terrifying. 
and like the violence in it is overwhelming the like endless gunfights the, like the child getting killed like that movie it feel like this is way more in that flavor mm-hmm. and you know this is a series that becomes you know famous for just like Schwarzenegger spraying a thousand rounds out into like everything and blowing up 400 cars and churning like you know it becomes this like really much more cartoonish thing and in this like it's again genuinely an anti mess it's an anti-violence message is what it feels like yeah I think we should uh, I think we should try our best as you mentioned earlier to obey the lords of podcasting rules and like do our best to not talk about the next one for the rest of this episode. Okay, we'll call we'll call a parlay. Let's do that. We'll say goodbye, Poppet, to talking about T two. Yes, we'll invoke the parlay. And do I make you Randy, baby? You always make me Randy. I love sequel. You look great in my clothes, by the way. Oh yes, of course. I'm wearing yeah. your Randy outfit. Yeah, and I'm now naked. I know. I've been naked this whole time. Just those sunglasses. Yeah. So okay, I want to talk about the nudity in this movie. It's really great. I think the like. <laughs> Seeing a Schwarzenegger as like a perfect little man, like a perfect muscular little, like, right? You know, marble bust of a man, and then contrasted with with the uh, Kyle Reese, who is that poor actor? I know he's a name. I'll, the, the guy who plays Reese. Yeah, I, he's. I only know him from Aliens. That's the only other thing I've seen him in. Was it Michael Behan? I never. It was like a series. Yeah, Michael Behan. Behan. B i e h n. Hey, he was in Tombstone. Oh. And The Rock. Oh. And Planet Terror. We got to watch Planet Terror. Oh, yes. I do remember recognizing yeah. him in that. I think he plays one of those like falling apart guards, maybe. Yeah, his, his career never really took off. I really like him. Yeah. I like, think he is fucking perfect. Well, the thing is, I wonder like in the direction of this movie. Like, so, okay, so I was saying the nudity thing. When he shows up, he looks like fucking like, like he hasn't eaten in four years and he's covered in scars and is scampering around and has no <laughs> luck. And just like his, like, he's like a pathetic dude. He's just like barely staying ahead. Though, of course, I think the, the getting dressed in the store while escaping the cops and the lowering of the Nike'd feet in the photo booth is one of yeah. my favorite shots in wow. cinema. It's so American and, and wonderful. Um, <laughs> I want those shoes. Yeah. But no, so like, I wonder how they directed him in this movie. Cause like he's not sex you're cool he's really fucked up he's like not he's not obviously not the leading character yeah. in this movie and that shirt i mean it's a weird outfit too i mean i know he's supposed to rip half of it off of a hobo and half of it off of random shelves but like he doesn't really look good there either where the terminator looks great yeah, by the he time he just keeps upgrading. He, by, yeah, by the time we get to full Terminator with the leather jacket and the yeah. glasses, he looks so fucking cool. It's absolutely yeah. I mean, staggering. he starts out, he looks cool. That weird jacket with like the tie is strange, but I mean, he still looks good, and the boots are great. And then like, oh shit, wait, now he's got a leather jacket and some fucking gargoyle sunglasses. He's fucking cooler than ever. Yeah, what the he fuck? can fucking shoot me with those eighteen hundred. One of my favorite scenes was he rips out his eye, sure, and then he touches up his hair. Right. He like takes time yeah. while he's looking in the mirror to make sure he still looks good. Right. Like this dude fucking rules. Well, I think it's cool because we're literally seeing the aestheticization of violence happen with an actual character. Yeah. Like representing I am violence itself becoming aesthetified. Yeah. And like I think it's like it's that like it's it's is it fetishization? Definitely. But it's dark and it's like it's like it's supposed to be upsetting. Like he's streamlining his persona into something even more like visually striking like a fascist like there's an amazing book out there this massive coffee table book about the aesthetics of fascism and it explores like you know Mussolini Mussolini's Italy and, and Nazi Germany and you know communist Russia just like these totalitarian states how they become these like facades of like yeah. authoritarian violence I had this I was at a wedding sort of recently okay and I walked into a conversation where this drunk uncle was talking to my friend 
and he was like just going on and on like you know why uh nazis stayed in power because they looked so fucking cool yeah and he's not wrong yeah like, like, like people figured out a long time ago to like help master the sense of authority. Like you have to be this like impenetrable wall yeah. of style. Of leather. Right. Yeah. So like our heroes get more and more frantic and upset and like fucked up and like just brutalized. And he just gets fucking cooler and cooler yeah. until by the end he's literally a chrome skeleton with glowing red eyes. He's We're perfect. Not, exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. So again, it's like all these ideas about violence in this movie, I feel like he deliberately cashes in on in, with a total reverse in, oh yeah, uh, we're breaking our own rule now. I'm sorry, I don't care. Wait, 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 wait. What were you? I was, I was gonna. I thought you were reversing. Can I can finish that sentence? Go ahead. And not break. I know. I, I hate doing this, but okay. I feel like we can stay true to the the rules of the lore of podcasting. Sure. What podcast, podcast lord? lord? Yeah, and say with the reverse of Kyle Reese. Right. And if you had like imagine say, I know Sylvester Stallone was also potentially going to be the Terminator. But say he was like, all right, you're, we can't use it as Terminator. Let's, why don't you be Kyle Reese? Can you imagine having like two of the exact same kind of people going disaster, head to head? Yeah. be a disaster. Right. You have this like fucking wild-eyed maniac who's scrawny as hell. You can see his ribs. He's pretty ripped though. He does look great. He looks fucking hot. Yeah, we understand why uh, Sarah Connor wants to take his V-card before he gets killed by a space robot. <laughs> He's got fucking pretty eyes he's got pretty eyes his he haircut he could use a better haircut wild ptsd which is something people really seek out in a, a lover who is constantly armed bleeding and escaping a robot yeah what do you think of my hair right now <laughs> well don't pivot there your hair looks very nice well, like, i got a haircut recently myself well i haven't cut my yeah. hair in a while and i feel like the top's just going crazy but i also sort of like it what do it's you think it's a little shaggy but you know um you're not full reese yet you know that's yeah. nice. I'm feeling still like closer to the Terminator than Reese. At least in Boston, anyway. There's so many just like, what is it called? Short, short on the sides, a little less short on the top. Sort of haircut. The like uh, alt right fashy sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. And I sort of was doing that just because it's really easy. But and it does betray your political beliefs. Yeah, so I'm trying to betray the betrayal of my political beliefs. Unbetray them. Yeah, unbetray. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's the phrase people and use. And yeah. grow a different haircut. Wow. Um, and what do you think? Is it too crazy up here? Does it look fun? Does it look like I just got out of bed? Do I look cool? Do I look sloppy? It looks like you could be in either an L.A. alleyway or 2029 L.A., which is a, basically a pile of rubble Fuck. with a screaming child in it. So not good either way. Well, Reese, actually, I, w- I wonder like what like there's protocol with hair stuff in the future. Like if it's all practical. Yeah. Because he has sort of a beard going. I guess like when can he shave? You know what when I mean? When can he shave? Do they have water? Yeah. Probably. They must have water. Doesn't Man, look when, like it. That scene in fucking 28 Days Later when he shaves. Yeah. Like, why shave, buddy? I get it. Are you kidding me? But he wants to. When I shave after, like, a particularly long day, I feel great relief. If I was, like, you know, truly, like, living house to house, escaping a horde of zombies, a rare opportunity for some amenities would be lovely. But he didn't have water. And he's just, like, he's like, oh, that scene. Well, it's it's England. They take it very seriously. They do. You kept for a short. He's got to look good for the queen. Yeah. And your papa. Right. You know, we've all seen Love Island. They look great. I haven't. Oh, don't include me. Yeah. yeah. I hear it's great. One of the seasons, there's one Terminator in the couples and, oh. and they're trying to like, suss who the Terminator is. So they use dogs? They use dogs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's great stuff. <laughs> I still think of that. I had a dream about dogs. She, he has no idea what the context is. She could have been dreaming about they like, find Terminators. She could have been having like a dream about the, the super the puppy bowl. She could have a dream about anything to do with yeah. dogs. But like, he's just like, yeah, we use those to... To find Terminators. What would you have for breakfast? It's like eggs. It's my Terminator fighting fuel. We use the fuel to fight the Terminators. 
Oh, what's that music you're listening the to? The other one I loved. Oh, this it's my uh, it's a, it's like a it's an, uh, a vocalized meditation on Terminator killing. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. What size shoe do you wear? Uh, Terminator. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was crazy. That's all he knew how to talk about. Yeah, it's great. It was really good. He, that's why I'm saying he's he is fucking perfect. I actually really love his performance. I think he for me is my favorite performance after the detective. Which detective? The, the top detective with the glasses? Or the glasses Lance Hendrickson is like, hey, I got a cool story. No, what's his name? Whitfield or something? Yeah, he's fucking great. He is perfect. And I think that's what, I like, when you actually come into a movie and you, you sort of, like, evaluate acting, like, yeah, Arnie does a great job. But, like, the guy who plays the cop is just, like, he settles into that role like he's been there his whole life. And he's fucking perfect. Yeah, and I, you're on I, your phone. What are you doing on I your phone? I believe what we're talking about is the great Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield. He's fantastic. He is fantastic. He was great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Kyle, uh, Kyle Reese, whoever played him, might, was it Michael Bean? Michael Bean? Michael Bean. I don't Bean? know. We haven't really solved it. Also, sorry, Mike, your career kind of was really weird. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but well, famously turned down Alien 3, which is a whole other conversation. Oh, that's I why, didn't know that's that. That's why Hicks dies, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What was he supposed to do? Well, you was- actually remember he sued... The, this, the 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 Fox for making Alien Three with his likeness in it. Wow! He, he turned down the movie, so he sued them over having Hicks in the movie at all, which is really interesting. Is that did he win? I believe so. Yeah. Wow! A troubled film, and my favorite in the series. My favorite in the series. It's so too. fucking good. Well, we'll never do them though because we already did them. Well, you're wrong about this take. Lyndall Hamilton is so good in this. Schwarzenegger is so good in this. I don't think Michael Biehn. I, I, I get what you're saying. He does his thing very well, but like I love Linda Hamilton in these movies, and I love Schwarzenegger. God, your your incessant coughing is taking down the vibe of the show, and I think you need to think long and hard about the coughing bullshit. You don't think you're the to do. incessant terminating is taking down the vibe of the show? Was that a question? Yeah. Oh, what is it? What is the terminating? you don't think? So you said. The incessant coughing is taking down the vibe of the show. Oh, you make a good point. The terminating is a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. This is a bummer episode. Talking about fucking men killing other men. You were doing a a little bit of fun during the movie. Remember what you said when she was about to kill the Terminator? No, what did I say? You did the Jaws line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Time for your picture, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, that classic. motherfucker. Yeah, it it felt very much like the end of Jaws. When Ron Schnibley uh, says, freeze frame, motherfucker, and then blows up the shark. (laughs) Well, yeah, all these picture references. Time to die, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these are all great uh, lines from Jaws. Right, but then she gets in her own, you know, you're terminated, motherfucker, and then terminates him. Actually, that'd be a great... um, Some other company that makes funny videos, not us because we have no money or other people that like us. But if uh, someone was like reshot the end of Jaws and he goes, smile, you son of a bitch. And then like zooms in and then it cuts back to somebody going, take a take a bite out of this bullet, you son of a bitch. And then like cycled through like endless streams of like end of movie slogans. Yeah, That'd be funny, right? I like it. I like it. I'm on board. Yeah, it's pretty I good. watch the hell out of that. Yeah. During, during Thank you. Lunch break Who work. should we contact? About? I don't know. Uh, Hollywood. Oh, can you just hey, get right in touch? Hollywood, if you're listening, get those clips coming in. We'll put it together ourselves. But if you're going to do it yourselves, that'd be honestly easier. You're yeah. good at it. We're not. We're bad. So I made that idea one video. Is golden, really good, though. You did make that one video that was really good. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to share that. Yeah, please. People have hey, a right to know. Everyone, look forward to the video Charles did that was good. It was really good. It was They Live Audio over the fight scene in King Kong. It was really great. I yeah. Actually, I love it. Really if, good. You, if you ever wanted to hear uh, Keith David and Rowdy Roddy Piper fighting in the form of. Uh,
Godzilla and the T-Rex. It's fucking fantastic. King Kong and the T-Rex. Shut up. Just shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> just, shut the fuck I've up. been trying, but you keep making me be on this show. Yeah, I insist. Oh, yeah. This has never been clear. Charles doesn't want to do this show. Yeah, I want to keep my mouth shut. He wants to just enjoy movies by himself and not even talk about them. Peace, movies. But I force him. I say, hey, tell me some stories. Mm. Tell me a story about a movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, movies are the ultimate story. If you think about it, lights, camera, action. That's true. Yeah. That's what they say about movies. <laughs> That's famously <laughs> a thing about films. Uh. Um, yes. Yeah. So here's what we're trying to say about Terminator. If this was a standalone film, it would be delightful. It ends on this like wonderfully ambiguous note of like, she is going to carry the child of the revolution. She is going to go off and try to fight this battle, knowing what's coming. And so the stakes are really high. Given that he's a robot, we know that there's like immediately, you know, a deus ex machina to bring him back because he's literally a machina. Um, we're all set for the sequel. I, I think keeping this in the in the vacuum talk, like, of course I'd be fucking rabid to see a sequel, you know? This, yeah. this is such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I sort of, in the same way that two ultimately overshadows one, I sort of do just see this as a standalone movie. Even though it's so closely connected to do, it's like, it's so fucking different and feels so weird and like right. not a part of the world. Like, this is what, this is one of those rare examples of when franchising Normally when it feels weird, it's because it was a new team, new director, new writer. This is like the same fucking guy. And this is yeah. what, like, he always does this. He gets people to, like, basically write the movie for him. But he's like, it's still my movie, baby. I'm on some of that Cameron sauce. I, I'm the one uh, getting the millions here. So, you know, yeah. just... I'll put I'll thank you in the little ending part of the credits. Well, it's like well, famously the Harlan Ellison story who sued Cameron yeah. successfully over the plot to this. Yeah, um, it says now at the end of the video releases uh like based on, based on the ex- short story so and so by yeah. Harlan Ellison. Well, I mean also I, I think like with Cameron, he, his his vision of world building is so predictable every time. Where he's like, oh my God. what if there were more conventional relationships? What if there were more catchphrases? What if there was more of everything? Which is like, you know, it's weird to me because the beauty of John Wick, in my mind, that's a series where, like, generally speaking, it really does hold to a pretty taut formula of, like, what we're going to see in these movies. Like, a lot gets added and the lore gets developed a lot, but, like, they're very lean movies at their heart. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, looking at this, you know, we know this explosion that's about to happen. And I, I want to just, like, take a minute to, you know, play taps for this movie. <laughs> Put the Terminator flag at half mast. <laughs> Goodbye, Terminator. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It's the end of the last episode. I'd like to terminate again. And I'm all not, of I'm the not dogs you this time. are barking. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Reese is LARPing. LARPing? He seems like he's LARPing. You think he's a LARPer? I bet a lot of people ran around cities screaming about 2029 after the movie came out. Yeah, you think so? I do. We, we still haven't hit that one. Remember the scene in the movie where the, where the, the tired, overworked psychiatrist is like, this fucking kook's hilarious. This oh, shit's yeah. stupid. I actually wanted to talk about that. Time travel robots? Well, I thought it was funny because this isn't a very good movie, ultimately. Like, it's a perfect movie, but the plot of it, has so many holes in it. Anytime you introduce time travel into a movie, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. So it was, it was great that they brought in a whole team of men to make fun of our main character who we know is telling the truth. So if we see a bunch of these people being like, that can't be true. He's not the main character. We're like, it's true, it's true. So it's like, it's an amazing 
like double-handed way to get us to believe in a story that yeah. is very bad. It's a very clever way to strong arm the audience into like to being like, I can't believe they don't believe the Terminator right. story. And, and they're like, like, it's a perfect thing that everything makes sense. He's like, <laughs> he's built this huge, perfect delusion. And like, yeah, you have Cameron and we're fine to believe in it. Don't worry. Yeah, and all this sets us up for the sequel, which we will be addressing next week on When Will It End? Charles, any any final thoughts on this? Um, hmm. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. We had very clearly scripted the whole beginning of this show. Right. Like, almost, you know, we almost overwork the, the specificity of our planning. I you mean, know? you make me read the whole sheet every time. Well, I mean, I, I, when I write this stuff, you know... I'm fucking high as shit. I'm like fucking late. <laughs> how many, how many, how many of All those things? Like three or four of them. And then we'll do the podcast scripting. And that's how we get this like tight, tight format that we have today. My final thoughts are this. Um, we got to have more dogs, obviously. We've introduced dogs being important. I'd like to see more dogs. Okay, more dogs. Um, I, you know, uh, I want to see more dirty people because this movie is a lot of great dirty people. We just got off of our, you know, Gore Verbinski uh, initiated series on the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. where everyone's fucking disgusting. So much filth. And in this, people are pretty gross the whole time. I like that as a rule. Dude, the, the every time I watch this movie, when he puts on those pants. it's I'm like, you're putting on hobo <laughs> heroin pants. You're not wearing underwear, dude. Right. You now have a UTI. It's That's Congrats. it. And probably crabs. That's not too bad. Yeah, I would say crabs. Because he was hairy. You could, he wasn't that hairy. Oh, we haven't talked about fucking his dick. You see his dick. That's all That's all we need to say probably. Like Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we see Schwarzenegger's dick. We're jumping around here. Yeah, we see a little bit of dick, which is great. Is this the first dick we've seen in... in we were talking about the nudity earlier. I was going to bring it up, and then we got fucking sidetracked. Why'd you write that in the script? This is... It's like a Charlie Kaufman style thing. Ever heard of him? Uh-huh. I met him. I sold him a Kit Kat. What'd you say? I've told the story on the podcast. I you sold, a Kit Kat? I Good sold story. him a Kit Kat. He came up to me at the concession stand, and I was like fuck he's famous do I give him the Kit Kat or I sell him the Kit Kat do I give him the Kit Kat do I, I sell him the yeah sell him the Kit Kat yeah he's fucking rich he's got walking around money yeah for Kit Kats for Kit Kats you know who doesn't want a Kit Kat who the Terminator why not he's too busy fucking terminating I think he'd like a Kit Kat because cats probably don't care about Terminators no cats would be very indifferent yeah I've yeah. decided that there are such thing as cat people and dog people yeah, no, you've been very, uh, very adamant about this Terminator. Today. Terminator is annoying. definitely a cat person. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Uh, cats can be very loving, and I think yes, I'm not the s- level of dispassion is that he just, just exhibits towards human life and animal life. I'll add, he kill, kills the dog. Remember that? And he shoots the dog. Yeah, that was fucking yeah, great. It was fucking brutal. Fucking great. Oh, so good. Jesus. Yeah. So but I'm just saying. I, where's my, I'm saying? Okay, here's what he's saying. You, it's totally understandable to love a dog because they're cute, and they're cuddly, they run around. They they warn you about terminators. They do. They warn you about terminators. Yes, huge you use me. them. Yeah. You can dream about them, and then wake up and be like, oh, I'm so glad I dreamt about those things that could warn me about terminators. Uh, they do what you say you can train them they can be your pals for as long as they live that makes sense it also makes sense for people that have some sort of brain delusion that allows for a cat to live in their house and walk all over their cutting boards with their piss paws you say that it's a brain delusion I say that they're showing us what the real world is actually like and you're the one living in the fantasy cats know we live in a Terminator verse human world and you live in this fantasy where everyone just gets along and barks at each other. Mm. No thanks. Wow. So I guess it's that's kill true. or be killed. There are there are cat people and dog people. And uh, most importantly, there are, everyone loves this podcast. And well, no, I think that's the biggest that's takeaway. True. I think so. I think everyone loves the Terminator. It's true. He's our little friend. So look, we're gonna try to get the Terminator on the podcast for the next episode. Talk to him about like you know what it's like to terminate. He'll probably kill us. How we got into it. You probably know, just kill us. Who his guys are. 
That was another thing. I think they're setting us up for the second one by all the people he didn't kill. Why didn't he kill those trucks? Yeah, he could have gone back and killed so many more people. So many (laughs) missed opportunities. I mean, he does strangely choose to kill very specifically because frequently he's like, get the hell out of here. I've got to go kill. He kills the one punk, but... Or he just throws... Well, much like Salazar in Pirates of the Caribbean 5, uh, Dead Tell No Tales, he leaves one alive to tell the tale of the Terminator. Uh-huh. And we'll be back next week for more Terminator tales. So stick around when will it end.